Welcome, San Diego First Church, to our Connecting Points podcast in which we are engaging our lectionary passages for this week. Um, We're specifically looking at Matthew 4, 12 through 23, um, which you made mention of in, uh, in the sermon on Sunday. It's good to be with you today. Thanks, Matt. Great to be with you as well. And just trying to do my job of keeping all of these things connected. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, as we continue to journey in uh, the Living Lectionary devotional that we've put out, um, this is the day that we are just going to look at uh, this passage as well as maybe do some connecting with the other passages that we've had for this lectionary week. Um, Not just them between each other, but to the sermon that was preached on Sunday. Um, so, D, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the connections. As I mentioned, you made mention of this passage in in the sermon. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about the connection you made in the sermon and uh, what, what further connections you see with the other scriptures. Well, the Isaiah passage in 9 we talked about was the, the light shining in the darkness and those who had been living in... Um, the shadow of death have seen a great light and this passage is used word for word by the gospel writer matthew to identify the fulfillment of this being in jesus so we're on pretty strong ground (laughs) yeah in the connection yeah direct citation (laughs) quoting matthew (laughs) um, we have this appropriation of this old testament centuries earlier uh, writing of Isaiah by Matthew to say Jesus comes along and fulfills this by where Jesus has moved into the area near Galilee and where his ministry begins Mm -hmm. and that this is the light and if we are taking that Isaiah reading it is the light that is for all it makes reference to Galilee of the Gentiles Mm -hmm. so it's really poignant Um, as Matthew begins to unfold the message for the Jewish people, but the message for the Jewish people for all people Mm -hmm. is part of what Matthew um, and Isaiah, Isaiah said it as well, is trying to teach us. So the connection is very, very clear. And then this Matthew passage then includes and leads into the calling of the first disciples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is always for me the wonderful uh, combination of how we have to talk about community as well as the invitation to be in relationship with God personally in community. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I, I love how this particular passage in Matthew gives us both. It is this community of faith out of which Jesus comes and then he invites individuals into a community of faith mm-hmm. to have both a relationship with one another and a relationship with the Christ. Yeah. And so I love the way in which Matthew connects us to the beautiful writing of Isaiah. Any thoughts you have on Matthew that jump off the page to you? Yeah, it's, uh, I found it really fascinating kind of comparing the Isaiah text with the Matthew text. Um, and certainly the, the direct citation is plain um but the i found that the the contexts of both were a bit different and mm-hmm. I, I found that really interesting yeah in that isaiah comes um early on in the book where the prophet isaiah 
is prophesying mostly about like, hey, there's this is a possibility of oncoming doom, right? Of of judgment that's here, it, right? In the very beginning of Isaiah, it's like, yeah, there's hope, but you gotta beware. There's judgment on the horizon if we're not, you know, making things right. And then you know the rest of the Isaiah works through that judgment, and then that uh, as they're in exile, coming back from exile, the hope in exile, and then the return. Um, what I found interesting is that. Uh, the the verse that kind of springboards the movement for Jesus going into those areas that were prophesied by Isaiah is the arrest of John. Mm. And I, I, I found that interesting that in the sequence of events, Jesus is baptized by John. He then goes into the wilderness, which one could kind of make the parallel between that and exile um, in Isaiah. Um, and Jesus comes out of exile, out of the wilderness, um, in which he was tempted to then immediately hear news that John had been arrested. He moves into this area and then there is this fulfillment of, of the Isaiah passage. Uh, whereas Isaiah is kind of anticipating possible, the possible judgment, uh, the, the thing that is feared. Jesus takes this as a moment where people could, the followers of John and what the ministry John was doing could be a moment of fear. Jesus now makes the moment in which he is fulfilling the prophecy. And so I found this interesting connection between, uh, in, in that Christ then moves into the, which is the verse that comes after the citation of Isaiah, this proclaiming of the kingdom come. That it's now that Matthew is going to proclaim that uh, the kingdom has arrived, the kingdom is coming, that the heaven is near, and, and so the ministry kind of rolls right after John's arrest. I found that fascinating and an interesting kind of uh, juxtaposition with the Isaiah passage. Yeah, I think that's great, Matt. It's also a bit of a contrast between... Isaiah and Matthew in that Isaiah seems to be in the midst of circumstances the transition from Ahaz the king to Hezekiah likely was during that time span and so he is interpreting events that he's in the midst of Matthew is writing looking back and that's always a different perspective to be able to look back and try and make connecting points Mm -hmm. like we do right now we're looking back on circumstances Mm -hmm. But also to recognize that we have our Isaiah moments now where we're in the midst of things. And how do we then take what we know about the Christ or what we've learned and apply him to the now that we're in? Mm -hmm. So it provides different, the writers provide different perspectives. And I think that's helpful for us as listeners to think through different perspectives. Yeah. And I think it also kind of supports what you were saying early on in the sermon around darkness Hmm. Um, and that this could have been a moment for the followers of John who see their leader arrested by the Roman authorities and to lose hope, to lose like, well, what, what was this ministry? And then comes the Christ Hmm. to, uh, to open up, to show more of what's going on, to, to shed more light. 
Um, and so in this moment of darkness, for those who are paying attention, not just the, the, the followers of John or those who had been baptized, but also for, uh, for us as readers, as, as the kind of the moments where we start to like, oh, what, what's about to happen? Christ shows up in those moments. Yeah. I, I do love, you probably know this from a week ago, I love making connecting points to the other readings as well. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting portion of the psalm. Psalm 27 was the reading that was associated for this week. And it's, in Psalm 27, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And the notion of shadows and darkness and fear that corresponds with that, um, you make a, a wonderful point in your Corinthians reflection about the other and mm. um, looking at other groups of people and defining ourselves by what we're not, yeah. which I thought was a great, great point. But we also often project our own inner shadows onto others, yes. vilifying others by letting those shadows control us in ways that we don't know. Yeah. But I love the psalmist in saying, the Lord is my light. And I usually am thinking, oh, the Lord needs to be a light to all those other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will remain fearful of those other people until I let God's light shine on me mm-hmm. And lower my fear of my own inner shadows so that then I can love and be the um, reflection of Christ because I have nothing to fear once I let the light shine on me. Yeah. Or that we need to allow that light, God's light to shine so we lower those so that we can recognize that, oh, that other group that I other that I define as not me actually shines light to me in a way that I wasn't expecting or I'm surprised by. And that's one of my favorite things that you identified in your reflection on the Corinthians passage was what would happen if those defenses began to drop Mm. and we started realizing how much we do have to learn from one another. Mm. And that the very thing that sometimes we recoil from exposes more in ourselves than maybe in the other. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, thus the important need for both the community yeah. and the living into the presence of Christ. Because I love that psalm passage that says, um, um, seek my face is what is said in the psalm, by the psalmist, your face, Lord, will I seek. This, there's this invitation to move into God's presence because the notion for the Hebrews was that a person's face gave you a sense of their presence. Mm. So to seek God's face is to seek God's presence and be mm. near to him. So I'm looking forward to the connections because the connection between this week's psalm and next week's psalm mm. is so poignant. And I hope that the um, listeners, readers get to dig into both psalms and see the connecting points there. Same here. Yeah. Good. We could continue to talk about this on end, but... Yeah. We don't want to bore too much of our audience. And we also want our congregation to invite everybody else into the conversation exactly. to do the work yourself. Yes, yes. Well, it's been good to be with you this morning, Dee. Thanks, Matt. You as well. And everybody that's joined us, thank you.